Project Lawful aka Plane Crash by Yarwain aka Eliezer Yudkowski and Lintamande. Thread 4, Project Lawful and Their Oblivious Boyfriend. Episode 101. Lord Nethys, Ione thinks, trying not to shudder visibly where she kneels. Please have foreseen this, and planned for it, that I may continue to serve you unbroken. Or, if instead nearly all my purpose has been served, make sure my end teaches a lesson to those who think it easy to evade your all-foreseeing sight and your retributive explosions. Quick, think uncensored thoughts. Nice crown there. What does it take to get hell to make you another one of those? How much progress could she make on law if the next time the queen needs to sleep? She needs more practice at frantically thinking uncensored thoughts that won't instead get her killed. Rise. Seat yourselves. Have some tea. I am a gentle and benevolent queen, and you are awed by me, not terrified. Aspexia here is stern, but kind. And as Asmodeus's most trusted agent is certainly not dangerous to any law-abiding citizen of Cheliacs. That is to be your demeanor but discuss matters at this table of the true Cheliacs, not the altar. Tanya tries quite hard to stand up and go to the table to join them for tea, but her legs seem to have turned to stone. This is probably not because the queen petrified her, though the queen does do that. Is this a test? Yes, everything is a test. What is it testing? Their suicidality? Eventually, she manages to make her legs move by leaning forward far enough they have to move to catch her, and once she's taken the first step, it's easier to take the next one. She's trembling. Carissa sips tea, because this is fun. There's seven empty chairs about the table, so exactly as many as remaining Project Lawful members. Savar, Mayol, and Subirax are all seated next to each other in a cluster. The Queen and Aspexia Rugaton each have two empty chairs apiece to either side of them. It leaves exactly one seat for a Project Lawful member to sit where she won't have anyone dangerous to either side of herself. There's a cold terror in her. If the Queen is running Detect Thoughts, then she is not getting out of here without showing Gorthoklek's authorization to the Queen of Cheliacs, and that is something difficult to visualize going at all well. At the same time, Asmodia is currently rocking serious wisdom and has spent much time visualizing Alter Asmodia in her head. Alter Asmodia is odd, but opportunistic, not frozen, not terrified. And if this is a test of anything, or a lesson in anything, that thing is to stop fucking freezing up while scared the way half of Project Lawful does every time Keltham says something that implies the project might fail sometime in the next minute. Real Asmodia is frozen and trying not to think dangerous thoughts, and in her own absence, she makes the decision to let Alter Asmodia talk. Pilar Ione, I think you probably have the most interesting things to talk about with the Most High, so you two get to sit next to her. Meritzel, Queen's right. Myself, Queen's left. Tonia, you're privileged to sit next to Sevar. Gregoria, by Subirax. Peranza, between Gregoria and myself. Alter Asmodia is suicidal, apparently. No. There were not, in fact, better options, considering that it's not a good look for the whole project if everyone tries to avoid sitting next to the queen, 
and scrambles for the one seat that would have other girls to either side. If the project looks weak, Savar's heretical low-punishment regimen looks ineffective. Maritzel shoots Asmodia what is getting to be a characteristic look that says she can mostly follow along with what Asmodia is doing but absolutely wouldn't have thought of it herself, and she hates that passionately, and then she sits at the right hand of the Queen of Cheliacs. Is anyone tracking whether the sun will change our complexions and whether Keltham will notice? She says, as she does, because Asmodia shouldn't be the only person who can say things. It's a reason not to skip more than a day at a time, but a concern that goes both ways, right? I also don't know that you all who spent more time outside before the project will be getting paler at the right pace if you hide indoors on rest days. Considerations like these are among the reasons we decided not to tell Keltham that powerful memory magic exists, even though we're not using it and the conspiracy he hypothesizes would be. He might start looking for memory magic in places like our complexions and find other things we're not telling him. Once we're on a more stable footing and done taking skip days, says Gregoria, it has occurred to me that maybe then we manufacture occasion for Keltham to learn of the spell scribe's binding, or something, at which point he hopefully stops evaluating everything as conspiracy and we stop doing any kind of absurd lengths, but planning more than three days ahead seems unwise, so far. Walk into the potential explosion and see what happens. That should be the way of Nethys, right? Without really having any memory of how she got there, Ione is sitting to the left of the Grand High Priestess of Asmodeus in Golarion, Aspexia rugaton. There is a cute little plate in front of her bearing some expensively intricate snack several steps up from what Project Lawful gets from Caden Kyleon, or at least that they've earned from him so far. She isn't talking yet. Pilar can totally talk, right? Ione doesn't need to talk. So, how is life after betraying our Lord working out for you? The Most High says, in the voice of someone's kindly grandmother. People who are never cruel don't get spells granted of Asmodeus. So, Asmodea, what would you say is the current greatest weak point of Project Lawful? That Keltham is checking the consistency of everything we tell him using laws we don't understand, both in terms of the laws that govern the way he expects the world around him must be arranged, and in terms of laws he is using to think. She is mostly, numbly, letting alter Asmodea's personality talk and hoping that if anything really suicidal comes up, real Asmodia will realize in time what she is about to say. Suppose I asked you who is the current greatest weak point of Project Lawful. Given that you're asking me, the answer is probably supposed to be myself. But without that information, I would have said Tonya. Oh, how so? Almost never speaks out in class when Keltham has just said something alarming to somebody in real Cheliacs, and less alarming to someone in Alter Cheliacs a problem partially shared by Gregoria and Peranza, though Gregoria is improving. Tonia is too scared, generally, to think interesting thoughts that will let her say interesting things to Keltham. From Keltham's perspective, Tonia probably doesn't have a distinct personality at this point, also a problem she shares with Gregoria and Peranza. That's with Yakme and Pella out of the running, as otherwise they'd be much worse offenders. Apparently, she can talk okay, more or less, so long as it's about her work, and so long as the amount she's sweating under her clothes won't count against her. What an interesting perspective. Well, Tonya, Gregoria, Peranza, would you care to gainsay that? 
Or shall we all ponder now what sort of personalities you ought to develop? Tanya tries to open her mouth and say something, and it doesn't work. Ah, good job proving Asmodia right. This is terrible. This is terrifying. Say something. Alter Tonya is also scared and in over her head, she says, after a horrifyingly long silence. She's not like you. She met a stranger for the first time when she was ten. She doesn't know much about the way Chiliax works, outside its farms, where most people live, and which I've been representing fine to Keltham when it comes up. She's very odd about meeting all these fifth-circle wizards who can really teleport. The big barrier to my showing more personality traits, Gregoria says, is that the occasion when I think Alter Gregoria would be most tempted to argue with Keltham is about all the putting classes on hold for the sake of his sex life, and I don't think we want him to do less of that. There isn't anything interesting about the real me, Peranza manages to say. Nobody has ordered me. This probably sounds like making excuses to the Queen of Cheliacs, and that is probably not a smart career move. I stand ready to obey orders on how Alter Peranza should be more interesting than I am. It's not clear to me, Gregoria, that Cheliacs wouldn't be served better by Keltham teaching more and fucking less. While he is awake and thinking we are losing ground, while he teaches us law and technology, we are gaining it. But that is Sivar's remit, finally and if I will not gainsay her decision, you certainly shouldn't. Meanwhile, consider that Alter Gregoria could have as many as two or even three different facts being true about her, rather than one. Alter Tonia, perhaps, could try being scared and in over her head loudly rather than quietly. Showing vulnerability in Alter Cheliacs would be much less punished. Alter Tonia should have less reason to hide her weakness and her fears. Peranza. If there is any benefit to this reduced punishment conceit of Sevar's, it will be that when people like you are failing, you are less afraid to go to your superiors and ask for new orders instead of waiting to receive them. Have you felt any positive motivation to do anything? Has there been anything you wanted or felt interested in over the last few days? If you think Alter Gregoria would take Keltham to task over delaying lessons for sex, then do that. Whether or not it serves our interests directly, which I think is a bit of a wash, it is bad for our interests for anything to be absent that ought to be present in Alter Cheliacs, and a student who is annoyed about all of the sex distracting from building civilization seems like it might be that. Is this Alter Gregoria motivated by jealousy? She can be, if that's convenient. Mostly she's motivated by wanting to build civilization and noticing that everyone keeps flirting instead. Well, she can't be asexual, Asmodia's doing that, and two would be distinctly overrepresented, in a population that was selected for being willing to have Keltham's children. But she can be very pragmatic, that seems fine. I might pass you instructions on when you may or may not push, but it seems fine. As one of your several personality traits, as Her Majesty pointed out. Has anyone got a list of personality traits it'd be nice to see represented or anything? says Gregoria. It generally helps if the personality traits are inside you somewhere, at least until your bluff is a great deal higher than at present. Peranza here, for example, thought about Keltham's silent image show of Dothilan and its surroundings, which someone will somehow arrange for me to see at some point, and yes, that is an order. Then Peranza was terrified of having had such a heretical thought and tried to hide it from herself so that she would not be committing treason by hiding it from me.
Alter Peranza then could have the personality trait of being fascinated by the things of civilization and pressing Keltham to say more about it, which is itself something that I think will work generally to our advantage. Try to forget you heard her admit to running detect thoughts. Maybe there's enough other people around she won't notice. Oh no, that's censored, isn't it? Keltham will notice if everyone in Alter Cheliacs has personality traits that serve a purpose of real Cheliacs. I think that's a problem even if the trait is also there in real Peranza. Where are the traits that disadvantage real Cheliacs? Where are the traits that don't mean anything? Wait, did she just criticize the queen? She needs to stop thinking suicidal thoughts when she tries not to think hidden ones. Peranza is frozen in utter terror and horror if anybody's bothering to track that. Yes, Asmodia, you did criticize my suggestion just then. It's a very dangerous game, but for the criticism to be apt is a winning move. Indeed, if we are playing against a Doth Illini, then we must create an illusion indistinguishable to him from reality. And that means people having traits inconvenient as well as convenient to the true Sheliacs. We do already have some such, for example, Alter Asmodia's and Alterioni's tendency to say clever things. My being shy is inconvenient to Cheliacs, says Tonya, somewhere between stubbornly and hopefully. Someone can get miserable when cooped up in a fortress and plead with Mayol, and when that fails with Keltham to be allowed out to go swim at the beach, that's the kind of thing that happens in places with worse discipline. And if they just uneventfully go swimming and come back, that's evidence against Tropez to Keltham. Best for someone who actually will get miserable when cooped up in a fortress. Peranza. It's not actually heretical to notice that Keltham, a random teenager, smarter than average, but not by much, who Dathilan didn't think incredibly highly of, lived like a king, or to think that Dathilan manages to present a really, really nice front to people who don't know the secrets it's keeping, or to think maybe you'd like it even if you did know as many of them as your mind can stand. It is heretical to think that Asmodeus's civilization won't be grander, I suppose, but if you're panicking at the stage of noticing that Keltham's world looked nice, you're not just protecting yourself from heresy, you're protecting yourself from thinking. Heresy we can correct. There's no corrective, I know, for not having any thoughts in the first place. Well said. It's also really, really boring. Correctives include running a detect thoughts and hurting someone every time they try not to think until they start thinking again. It works about half the time and better if you are more gentle and patient, which at that point, I'm usually not. Do you think Dothilan's keeping secrets that make it seem less good then? Asks Meritzel. It's pretty much got to be. Keltham knows nothing about the entire way that societies structured themselves before civilization. His language doesn't have words for it, and tongues wouldn't just give me the words that he specifically knows. They rewrote their whole history to hide something, and the most good explanation I can think of is that it was to enable the mass censorship effort that keeps sadists from ever knowing. In terms of running a conspiracy, they put us to shame. Everyone knows there are vast swathes of human knowledge they're not allowed to have, and figures the reason is good enough— and they train that in, in early childhood, too. Good is too weak to pull that off, frankly. And even if Dathilani good aren't that weak, good would also be constantly internally divided about it. 
You need a tyranny to manage that kind of achievement. Nod. So maybe Dathilan's not so different than us, but hides that from people like Keltham because they're more useful that way. And maybe they're hiding something that we're going to blow up the project when we trip on. Those are two of the possibilities that have come to mind, yeah. Abigail sighs. People who are not herself are sometimes very silly. While that is a fine thing to worry about, I do instruct all you here to be more wary of what Keltham may know that is safe for him to know. In a world that seemingly lacks, or perhaps has hidden all traces of magic and wizardry and clerics, which is not safe to have known here in Galarian with its magic, we are very wary of whether Caden Kalian does in truth hold any common interest with Asmodeus, but that is one of the plausible ones. I should also think it slightly more likely that Keltham's civilization went to such fantastic lengths to, for example, kill every worshipper of every god and destroy every scrap of information by which those gods could again be given an anchor in their world. And then, perhaps, decided to eliminate the knowledge of sadism, so long as they were about their larger endeavor. To be clear, I do not know that it is possible for a world to cast loose its gods in such a way. I do not know it to be impossible either. It seems a more plausible thought in the light of Dath Elan's secrecy. I guess probably Caden Kalian wouldn't want that, but I wish I was more sure. Did Chaotic Good help seal Rovagug? asks Meridixel. I mean, I know what the textbook says, but... Yes, Desna and Dubral, who later was inverted to Zon Kuthon, both participated in that battle. Most High, I request such knowledge of those truths as may have been compiled for those trusted. It is impossible for me to guess what truth of our gods may be something Keltham sees as entangled with other truths. That he is as yet too confused to ask much about gods is no guarantee he will remain confused tomorrow. We do not get a pass on having failed if Keltham catches us in a lie that we did not know was a lie from a conspiracy above our own conspiracy. I shall consider it. I also ask how much of this conversation took place in Alter Cheliax. Not at this time, obviously, but sometime. I ask whether Alter Cheliax is talking to Keltham about these matters, what knowledge he may hold that is more dangerous in this place, whether his world hid knowledge of magic and gods. He may think of it. He may predict we will think of it. And Alter Cheliax is not in the reflexive habit of never talking to Keltham. The Grand High Priestess and Queen are paying this less attention in Alter Cheliax, I think. That isn't obvious from other things we've established about Alter Cheliax, but it's safer for the project to be apparently not run all that competently, and there's the obvious excuse that running a war with Nidal consumes all their time. In Alter Cheliax, the war is a much closer thing, Perhaps without them, Mayal has this on his list of worries, and perhaps we come up with it independently over dinner, and perhaps one of them spares an hour to read transcripts at some point and gets worried about it and sends a pointed letter. All of those look different. I think Alter Carissa, who has been asked to try not to become a keeper at top speed, and who is worried for Keltham's emotional well-being, when she thinks of things like this, adds them to a list titled something like, Things that are worrying, things that will make Keltham sad, for things without immediate implications that might turn out to be important, and tell him he can read it if he wants to. I bet he won't. Are you? 
in fact considering yourself ordered by Keltum not to become a keeper at top speed, says Meritzel. Yes, I'm not that good an actress. Yet. I'm going to try for glibness swords today, and I'm not sure I could stop seeing the world as Asmodia does once I start. And it feels like there's a fragment of law here, though I've barely started identifying it, where we want to at least be cooperating with the version of Keltham who does end up being possible to win over, who even after embracing evil is going to be annoyed if I wasn't actually his. Or maybe it's not a fragment of law, and it's just that I want that Keltham, my greatest triumph, to consider the punishment warranted to be one I can withstand. Glibness swords, says Tonya. Not trained in wondrous items, don't have time to learn. There's no reason swords can't hold glibness. They'll be tiny swords, obviously. They'll fit in your notebooks. Carissa is adorable and absurd. Pilar will attempt to become a keeper at full speed. It is all too plausible that Galarian will in fact prove to need one. It has been established well enough that Alter Pilar might do the same. Acknowledged. Sevar. It's safer to request this of her and not seem to be going over anyone's head. So long as I'm requesting resources, can we have some fresh intelligent wizard students our age kidnapped from Taldor? Not broken slaves? Not terrorized? Ideally, with no idea that they've been taken by Cheliacs particularly, kept in surprisingly good living conditions, who I can try to teach law to see how they react to that. It's probably far too late for us to act anything like they would, but it would be helpful to have any idea what not-too-scared wizard students are like outside Cheliacs. I want to know what we've already given away before Keltham sees it. I've thought about that. You can convince me it's worth it, but the ways they'll fail to correspond are going to include they won't be girls. Noble girls learn wizardry sometimes, but we can't realistically get away with kidnapping a decent sample of Taldane noble girls. They won't have learned in a school, but as an apprentice of a specific senior wizard, they'll be older than you lot or considerably weaker as wizards, and they're often going to be their family's one investment meant to support all the rest of them for life selected as the child likeliest to abide by that contract, if you want to give them credit for law, or be socially pressurable into paying for all the dead weights, if you want to think of it that way. If given all that, you still want them, sure, let's do it. But if we want the closest analogy to Cheliacs, we want a wizarding academy, and I think we'll get noticed if we kidnap a sample from those. You could give me two such girls, so that they'd have any interactions with each other to observe, and no more. We could look further afield than Taldor. My sense is that this is not just about Alter Cheliacs, but about what holds in evil countries generally that we are giving away. Adding a safe holding area for unfriendly wizards, even just two second circle unfriendlies, otherwise isolated from Keltum, unable to make any trouble Keltum could notice, is not a trivial request. Not trivial is project manager language for don't wanna. Don't tell us not trivial. Tell us what it actually costs. 10,000 gold over four months, perhaps, not including kidnapping costs, and some lingering chance they do cause trouble that Keltum notices if they're being held in or near his location. Once my ring of sustenance kicks in, maybe I could go to Igorian on an evening teleport and visit them there. Can we hire them? 
noting the trend where I keep making the Abadaran suggestion, and maybe it only seems good to me because I've tilted myself too much towards making sense of Keltham. But we could have someone go to the wizard schools in Absalom I'd hesitate to kidnap a student from and offer a lot of money for a couple years indenture working on some wizard's secret project. He reserves the right to stop you from leaking his secrets. She, actually, if we don't want the wrong kind of filter on what girls we get. Potentially adds a number of complexities on top of keeping simple prisoners. Still... I expect that wizard girls in Absalom will sign up for some arduous restrictions if you offer ten times more money than they could otherwise earn in a year. I'll have somebody look into it. I observe that I don't actually want to teach them law over the next months or years. I want to quickly observe how they behave in the first week. If I think I've learned all I can after a week, what do we do with them after? With simple prisoners, we can statue them when I'm done with them since we don't want to send them to their afterlife where they might talk. If their school is expecting them back, or responsive to sendings... Yeah, you'd have to get them to agree not to be expected back at school. I'm fine with some exploratory looks at kidnapping as well, but... This is sure an awkward conversation to have in front of Abigail. My impression from what wizards not from Cheliac say at the World Wound is that the big wizard academies are the Academie in Corvosa, which is more or less also the reason we don't own Corvosa, and Philandriel Morgathai's university in Almas, which is definitely the reason we don't own Andorin, and the Magisterium in Absalom, which is the reason no one's conquered it in 5,000 years. And if any of that is half accurate, then kidnapping the kids who are the best close equivalent might get the attention of one of the few powerful people in the inner sea who aren't yet meddling. We could hire them under a contract where they are to go entirely out of contact and unscriable for two years, I suppose, if anyone would agree to that. If they go home and only two weeks have passed, oops, guess there was a time accident. Though I'd worry that even after two years, maybe I would have taught some piece of the law we don't want them taking back. If we can really win Keltham over or keep him that long. If they're lawful, they could swear a secrecy oath, I guess, but... Are there girls our age in other countries who are known to be good at math, with intelligence 17, without their being wizard-tracked or being quite so missed if they are kidnapped? I'm sure there are peasants overlooked everywhere. It's a question of how resource-intensive it'd be to find them and how much we'd learn if they're that different. If you only want to, maybe we can fake the deaths of a couple of wizard students in a way that doesn't raise too many questions. I do think it's worth expending some effort on. I'm curious about the answers, too, and I expect Keltham is already looking for some correlate we don't know about. I do think they need previous education in math, if we want to test the effects on them of law. Not peasants, but girls apprenticed to send out merchant ships, ships not owned by any powerful wizards. Teaching girls such is rather rarer outside Cheliacs. Likewise for those philosophical academies that teach those who study mathematics for its own sake. If you are satisfied with a pair of boys to examine, the task will be simpler. I know far too little of women and men outside Cheliacs to guess whether that would matter. Huh, says Gregoria aloud, since she won't be lit on fire for it apparently. I sort of assumed that wasn't really true, that only Cheliacs educates women. It's true. You'd have learned soon enough at the world wound. I request to know why that's true. Can Keltham deduce hell and Asmodeus's true nature from that somehow? 
if it's just Cheliak's? I want to refer that upwards because I know it to be an occasion of heresy for me. She thinks that this is great and speaks to the fundamental superiority of Asmodeus to other churches and Cheliak's to other places, but that can still be heresy if you do it wrong enough. Human societies are like that by default. Elves and drow and dragons less so. Only in Keliax has Asmodeus exerted the force to come in and smash aside existing social orders and impose a tyranny of his own image, which does not share this common property of human societies. We are, I think, becoming lost in the weeds. Asmodia, I will assign you some worldly intelligence officer to answer all such questions. Now speak not for a time. Have others other matters to discuss over our tea and snacks. Are we getting more students? Ones better selected for the thing we're now doing? Likely, yes. Though we should wait and see the attrition rates from having a breakdown and becoming an incorrigible heretic before we start funneling all Cheliax's best and brightest here. If you're not an incorrigible heretic somehow, then I think we'll be fine, Meritzel says. Well, I think whether I'm an incorrigible heretic or not remains unclear, and you had better not benchmark off me. I'm currently making up all of my Nathesian theology as I go along, and it's not impossible Keltham will catch me out on that. I request true books of Nathesian theology, sworn to me to be unaltered and uncensored, that I may better serve my God in whatever ways he is very evidently cooperating with Cheliax, including protecting the project from attacks by Nadal, giving Keltham a particularly convenient channel through which to send him only approved or modified books, and opening the possibility for Keltham to apparently flee and hide while continuing his research, so long as I can provide him with a library takaral. Denied. If I send Asmodia any books of secrets, I will instruct her to tell you nothing of what is said of Nethys there. As annoying as you are, the actual worshippers of Nethys are far less pleasant to deal with. Had you ever met Nefredi Klepati? You yourself might agree that you were better off reinventing your own theology. She's not lying. Ione will keep quiet then, and try not to think any angry thoughts very loudly until she is back among less dangerous people. Lord Nethys will have foreseen this pass, the petty slights of Asmodeans directed against the follower of a greater god. What she invents for herself will be enough to serve him. What do you think are the biggest weaknesses of Project Lawful? Meritzel asked the queen after letting Ione's sulky silence speak poorly of her for a moment. Keltham knows far too much that you don't. You are crippled by an education almost absolutely unsuited to the task you now face, only able to stumble along by grace of your naive enemy undoing some of the damage and reteaching you. Neither Asmodia nor Carissa are as yet really more clever than Keltham even with their headbands, I have a sense that only I am presently his match there, if I and Aspexia has bid me not replace Asmodia in her duties. You have previously been terrorized out of thinking for yourselves, and that is now suddenly your job, with far less initiation and preparation and filtering than is usual in Cheliax. Everything you do occurs under the shadow of forces greater than yourself, of which Pilar's snack service is only the most overt manifestation, and it is not clear where those forces are steering you or how they could be exploited. Key project members have questionable or openly non-Asmodean loyalties. 
The one among you strongest in her faith is the center of Caden, Kalian's manipulations. The law you are ultimately attempting to learn was taught to Keltham in a form perhaps deliberately designed to contradict and poison philosophies such as Asmodianism, especially as that philosophy was taught to you before you entered the inner ring that has tea with the queen. Multiple gods may be very unhappy with what we are trying. Only Broom's god protects this place from their direct interventions, and it's not at all clear that Broom's god will remain happy with us. Other countries have had their attention dramatically called to Project Lawful and the misdirection of the false project. Lawful may not hold. Everything you do is under the time limit of Keltham's waking hours as he progresses towards awareness. In trying to awaken Keltham to evil, you may well be matching wits against lawful good minds barely short of gods who designed his education to keep him asleep and hobbled. Some of the knowledge Keltham holds may be vastly destructive to Galarian, if not contained. To contain the project's dangers, we may need our own keepers and not just our own Ilani. The improvised early days of Project Lawful may have revealed some truth to Keltham that will eventually prove fatal once he understands the rest. Carissa is not going to argue with the Grand High Priestess that they should have the Queen at Asmodia's job for a day so they can learn from her. That sounds like a great way to die horribly. Not going to argue. Not arguing. To sever alone, I fear what the tropes would make of it. I fear the results if we try to replace the asexual, who watches it all and now also controls the game, beginning from a disfavored position but rising rapidly, who is learning Keltham's own law to wield against him, with Keltham's already defeated rival for your heart. See, that's why to not argue with the Grand High Priestess, aside from the Asmodian virtue of obedience, or at the root of it, she has reasons you didn't think of. Carissa is not sure if the tropes are, uh, real, but probably better to err on the side of assuming they are, even if it means they lose something that would be very useful to them. And anyway, that is the decision that was made. This would usually be the point where I said something about how I've been on more doomed projects than this one, and pushed through. But if I make it out of Project Lawful Alive, I'm pretty sure that will top all other candidates for which projects I tell future subordinates I survived. You do have a bit more support from upper management than most projects can expect, and vast, though not adequate, resources to back you. Believe me when I say that it could have been much, much, much worse. Our allotted time here is passing, I fear. Pilar, the Most High has business with your curse. Subarax, Sevar, a word with you before the Most High returns. The rest of you are dismissed. Mayol, see them out. Meritzel, I have a certain matter to discuss with you privately. Be available for my summons in some minutes before I go. Security who see of this in your thoughts are to speak of it to no one. Meritzel is aware she should be terrified, but instead she's delighted. She wants to be one of the interesting girls, not one of the boring ones, and that involves some terrifying summonses. She leaves and waits genuinely unsure if she's more scared or excited. If you wish to support this AI reading and others like it, please visit patreon.com slash AI. Any help is appreciated. And thank you to executive producer John Doe 7776059.